11 verse 8 says this, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Let me read that one more time. That just, that verse just hits me. Let me read it again. Hebrews 11 verse 8. Y'all y'all catching this? By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. The title of my message today is Get Lost. Get lost, get lost, get lost. Do me a favor, look at somebody, look them in the eye, just look them in the eye, just look them in the eye. Say, hey neighbor, how you doing neighbor? Say, I just wanna tell you something. If you're not gonna bring it today, if you're not gonna give it everything you got today, get lost, cause it's time to give up. Stop, 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 I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing, BWI, I'm playing, that was a little jokey joke. Father, open up our eyes and our ears that we may receive a word from you that would change our lives forevermore. Hide me behind your cross, let your voice be so much louder than mine. In Jesus' name we pray, everybody say, amen, amen. Seriously, look at somebody, say get lost, get lost, get lost, point at them, say get lost. Can you point at them, keep pointing, come on BWI, come on UBC, get lost, get lost, get lost, get lost. what you call a church boy. I grew up in church. I grew up in an old school Baptist church in the city of Boston. And uh, so I got that church in me. And one of the things about growing up in church, I, I started reading the Bible at a young age. And so I have scriptures in the Bible that are absolutely my favorite scriptures. Anybody got favorite scriptures? I have favorite scriptures in the Bible. I love uh, scriptures like Isaiah 54, 17. says, no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. Every tongue that rises up against me shall be condemned. I love that verse. That verse is so good. A gospel artist named Fred Hammond wrote a song, said, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Come on, BWI, you know what? Come on, say Stop, 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 stop. I I love verses like that. I love verses like Deuteronomy 28, verse 3. says, we're blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed when we come in, blessed when we go out. Look at somebody say, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. Come on, let's be a Baptist church. Say, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. I love scriptures like that. I love scriptures like Matthew 18, verse 12, that says that God is the kind of God that leaves the 99 sheep that are doing well and go after the one who's lost. I don't know if you've ever been lost before, but how many people know that scripture just hit me, made me cry one day. I've got scriptures in the Bible that I love. Today, I read Hebrews 11, verse 8, and can I be honest? This is not... My favorite scripture. In fact, I don't really like this scripture that much. Uh, I kind of wish that they would take this verse out the Bible. Because it, it, it bothers me. It messes with my equilibrium. It, it, it's, it's crazy because the verse says that Abraham, he got called by God 
to go to a place that would later be his inheritance. And it says he obeyed and went even though he had no clue where he was going. I don't like that. Because I want to know exactly where I'm going. I, I want to know so much where I'm going. When I get in an Uber, I, wherever the address is, I put the address in my phone. Because I want to see, I want to track where they're tracking. I want to know where are you taking me? Y'all, I'm a planner. Where's all my planners? B-W-I-U-B-C. I got a five-year plan. I got a 10-year plan. I got a 20-year plan. I, I got a one. I'm a planner. So the last thing I want to hear is that God will call a person, tell them to go to a place that is going to be their inheritance. And they said, yes. They went with a smile even though they had no idea where they were going. Can you understand? Y'all don't understand. See, you know what the problem is? Y'all don't know my mama. Y'all don't know my mother. You got to know my mother because I was thinking as I was reading this, how did Abraham get his family to go along with this? How, what did you, what, my mother, if I would have called my mother and said, mama, I'm leaving home. And she said, sweetie, why are you leaving home? God called me. Well, where are you going? I don't know. When are you going to get there? I don't know. Boy, my, my mother said, that ain't God. What are you talking about? That ain't nothing but the devil. Just, ah! But it says Abraham absolutely goes, and he has no idea where he's going, which teaches us something about God. Here's something that you need to know about your God. God will absolutely give you a vision without ever giving you details. God will show you a picture of your future and get you to say, ooh, but never drop any hint about the path it's going to take to get there. And I've got to teach this because many of you are frustrated and you are low-key mad at God, low-key frustrated with the church, low-key frustrated in your life. Because God gave you a vision, but your life looks nothing like the vision he gave you. God gave you a dream, and from the time he gave you a dream, nightmares have been showing up in your life. And you are questioning whether or not you're even on the right path. Because nothing that's happening in your life looks like what he showed you. But it's not that you're on the wrong path, it's that you serve a God who gives vision without giving details. BWI, God is the type of God that shows you cake. God shows you cake and you say, God says, do you want cake? You say, oh God, hallelujah. Give me cake. And then when you say yes, God gives you a season of eggs. Things just breaking and cracking. And God gives you a season of sugar. Nice and sweet and everything's great. God gives you a season of flour. Dry. Dems dry. Friday night dry. Phone is dry. 
God gives you a season of milk, of abundance, and, and you're sitting there saying, God, but you showed me cake. And God says, yeah, I know. But you're saying, God, but this is, this is eggs. I want cake. This is milk. I want cake. And God says, here's the deal. I don't just bake cakes. I give you seasons that work together. And if you just hang in there long enough, that milk season is going to mix with that dry season that's going to mix with that egg season that's going to mix with that sugar season. If you just give me some time, I'm baking something in your life. Because God is a God that will give you vision without giving you some details. Now somebody's sitting there saying, Pastor, that's cruel. Can we just be honest? Why would God do that? God, why are you going to do that to Abraham? Why, why are you going to do that to me? Can I tell you why God gives you vision and not with the details? BWI, UBC, let's lean in right here because this, I'm going I'm to mess you up. I'm going to help you to fix your relationship with God. What you have to know is that you and God are after two different goals. You and God want two different things for your life. You trying to just get married. You trying to build a marriage. God's trying to build your faith. You're just trying to get a bigger house. God wants you to have bigger faith. You want more money. God wants you to have more faith. What God is trying to do is build your faith. And the reason why he gives you a vision without giving you detail is because if he gives you the detail, you don't need faith for the journey. But the whole point of giving you the vision is to activate faith on the inside. So that as you go along the journey, with every step, there's a new level of faith. That's why the word says we go from faith to faith to faith, from glory to glory to glory. God is trying to develop a faith muscle in you. The reason why God says, Abraham, I'm going to show you the vision, but I'm not giving you the detail because God knows in order for you to fulfill my assignment for your life, you're going to need faith. Abraham's going to need faith to have a child. He's going to need faith to leave his nephew Lot. He's going to need faith to go grab and occupy the land that God said he's going to have. He's going to need faith to be able to fight some of the wars he had to fight. Abraham's faith muscle got so strong that when God rolled up on him and said, sacrifice your son Isaac, he said, my faith is to a level that I can give you a quick yes because I already know you got this thing worked out. He didn't argue. He didn't complain because his faith had already been worked. And God is saying it would, be, it would, it would bother me for you to have a big old house, all this money, all this stuff, no faith. It is going to take faith for you to accomplish all that God wants you to accomplish. Let me tell you something. God is trying to build your faith because he knows that without it, you won't survive in this world. BWI, God is like, I got to grow your faith. I got to grow it up because I want you to have the kind of faith that when sickness hits your body, you got the kind of faith that can pull healing into you. I want you to have the kind of faith that when they say the job is done and we have to let you go, you don't break. 
because your faith can pull a career into your present. God said, I want you to have the kind of faith that when everything in the world's going crazy, you have the ability and the strength to survive and make it through because I don't need you just to have all this stuff and have little faith so that when life hits you, you cannot survive. So look at somebody, come on, tell them, build your faith, build your faith, build your faith. Come on, tell them, build your faith, build your faith. Today, my assignment is to set you free. Freedom from what, pastor? Today, I want to set you free from the pressure of having to know how everything's going to turn out. I want you to breathe. I want you to exhale. I want you to say, today, I'm going to get lost. I'm going to let this thing go that I have to know how everything's turning out. That's why the scripture's in the Bible. God's saying, I want to show y'all what faith does. He said, I want to show you that Abraham said yes, and he did not know where he was going. You got to be okay as a Christian to not know how this is going to turn out. Pastor, where's my husband coming? I don't know. Pastor, when is the business going to start for me? I don't know. Pastor, when is everything in the world going to be peaceful again? I don't know. When is the gas prices coming down? I don't know. Can you be okay with not knowing? Can you let this thing go that you have that I got to figure it out? I got to know every detail. I got to know. I got to know. Because here's the truth. You having to know everything is killing you. I I, I was doing some research and what I found out was that most people today are struggling with anxiety. And I started looking at some of uh, the effects of anxiety. It says that anxiety causes panic attacks, depression, headaches, irritability, heart palpitations, breathing problems, upset stomach, and extreme fatigue. Even your body is telling you, stop! Your lungs are saying, stop! Your head is, you have migraines. Because even your head is saying, can you stop trying to figure everything out, relax, and let this thing go? You trying to keep up, figure it out, the pressure you feel. You are hustling. You are searching. You're at every conference. I just need a profit. Just give me a profit. Anywhere, profit. I get a profit, profit, profit. You pay $5.99 an hour for a profit. I'll pay for a profit. Just tell me something. I just just need to know what the next two years looks like. Can I tell you what God wants? This is what God wants. God says, will you stop trying to be me? Can Can I be God? Can you just be man? Can you just be child? Can you trust me? 
God is like, BWI, UBC, God's like, what I got to do to get you to trust me? Can you pull over and let me drive? Because hear the truth, you don't drive that well. God says, let me drive this car. Let me be your God. Let me be your king. Let me be Lord. You be people. Let me be God. You be follower. Let me be leader. And many of you, your body is betraying you. You are aging beyond your years. You are running to alcohol and weed and all kind of stuff. Why? Because you are trying to be God. And God is saying, today, I want you to get lost. Let me be God. Because I have an announcement to everybody. I need everybody to just glean in real quick. I just want to make this quick announcement to everybody so that you know this. Because I don't think that you really understand. Hear me. God's plan for your life is way better than your plan for your life. BWI, I only got like three claps from back there. I got like one hallelujah from over there. No, 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 UBC, I don't know what's going on over there. But when I said that, they was like, huh? <laughs> so let me tell y'all online, let me tell y'all, because Columbia tripping a little bit. I said, God's plan for your life is way better than the plan that you have for your life. Okay, let me read this real quick. I'm going to go to Isaiah chapter 59 verse 19. It says as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. My thoughts higher than your thoughts. You know what God is saying? He's saying there's levels to this. God is saying your plans are way too low. Whatever you want for your marriage, my plan is higher than that plan. Whatever plan you got for your kids, my plan is higher than that plan. Whatever plan you have for your future, my plan is higher than your plan. God says, why are you trying to climb up here? You can't climb up to this height. God says, if you let go, I got a plan too big for you. I got a plan too large for you. Matter of fact, part of the reason why I can't tell you the details because if I told you too much too soon, it might blow your mind because you have no idea what I'm trying to do in your life. Why are you trying to compete with me? I got a better plan. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says, Now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. That is shade. Keep that verse up. That's, that's, that's shade. That's God throwing shade. Because God's saying the biggest you can ask. The biggest you can imagine, I can do exceeding and abundantly and immeasurably more than that. Come on, give me your biggest ask. Give it to me. Give me your biggest imagination. Go ahead, tell me your biggest dream because I can do even more than that. I'm God. I created the world. I've got something bigger and something better. I, I had the situation when my daughter was younger. She had this cup. I'll never forget. She had this cup. It was kind of like a bowl, bowl cup. She, she had this bowl. She had these chips that were in the bowl. And I'm sitting there. I'm so happy. I'm a new father. And I'm just feeding my daughter some chips. And I'm just so happy. And I'm just watching her. And I noticed, because I'm a good daddy. I'm a good father. And I'm just looking at my daughter. And I see that the bowl is getting low on chips. And so I'm thinking in my mind, as a good father, let me go over there, grab her bowl. Let me go put some more chips in there and let me bring it back. So I go over there. I grab the bowl. When I leave, 
my daughter's hand held on to the ball. I said, sweetie, let this thing go, baby girl. She said, da, da, da. I said, let it go, baby. She said, da, da, da. I said, no, baby, let it go. And literally for one minute straight, me and my daughter are wrestling over a bowl. She's holding on to the bowl because she thinks I'm trying to take something away from her. I'm holding on to the bowl because little does she know I'm trying to put more in there than what she had. Can I tell you do the same thing to God? God see your little plan. He see your little focus planner. He see your little one-year plan. He see your little two-year plan. He grabbed the plan and said, come on. You say, ta, ta, ta. I'm holding on to this plan. And you and God are wrestling because you think God's trying to take away from your little itty baby plan. God say, don't you know I'm trying to put more favor in this. I'm trying to put more power in this. I'm trying to put more grace in this. Will you let go of your plans and get let go of your plans stop it stop <laughs> but pastor how do I plan can I tell you how you plan write all your plans in pencil not in permanent marker plan just having a race on the other side of that. Just in case God wants to write something in there better. And I promise it'll bless you. All right, let's jump here. Let's go to three things to do when you're getting lost, when you're feeling lost. Three, three things, three things, three things to do, three things to do. Are y'all with me? Yeah. UBC, you with me? Come on, BWI, let's go. It says, first thing you're going to do is pray, don't panic. When you're feeling lost, pray, don't panic. Isaiah 55 verse 9, nope, I already read that. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4, 6 and 7. Philippians 4, 6 and 7, I can't wait to get into this. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Do you know what that word anxious means in that context, the original language? If you study the original language, when it says be anxious for nothing, what it means, it says don't be broken into parts. It means to be drawn in opposite directions. This is where people get the term, I'm falling into pieces. I'm, I'm just going into pieces. That, that term came from this phrase right here. It's the idea that when you are anxious, you are broken into parts, which means there's a piece of you in this room, but then there's a piece of you with that problem at the house, and then there's a piece of you with them bills on the table, and then there's a piece of you in 1995 with that boyfriend who left you, and then there's a piece of you in 2003 with the job that said that we're not letting you, we're letting you go. And you have pieces of you, which is why you got to be careful who you date because you don't know which piece of them you have. Many of you are with a piece of a person, not knowing that the rest of the pieces are spread all over America. This is what wholeness means. Wholeness means to be joined back together. It is the idea that I'm not just separated in a place. Somebody sitting here, you are in this room, looking me in the face, but only a small piece of you is here. There's a whole other piece of you that is somewhere worried or thinking about something. 
And here's what Jesus says. Jesus says, hey, I'm sorry, the scripture, it says pray. Don't panic. Pray. Everybody say pray. pray. Everybody say pray. pray. Marriage is funny. Pray. Job is funny. Pray. Life is stressful. Pray. Country going crazy. Pray. Child acting weird. Pray. Now I feel you, oh my Lord, OMG. I feel you all over the room. I know what you're going to say. This is why I don't go to church, Pastor. All y'all want to do is pray. So I don't mess with y'all church folk. Because all y'all want to do is pray. Y'all don't want to act. Y'all don't want to do nothing. Y'all just want to sit in your comfortable seats and just pray. That's why I'm out here in the streets. Because all y'all church people want to do is just pray. What's prayer going to do? But the scripture makes it very clear what prayer is going to do. He says when you stop being anxious and you start to pray, he says, I'm going to give you a peace that transcends all understanding and it's going to guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Can I, can I start right here real quick? Let me just explain this for a second. I, I, I fly a lot. I've been flying all my life. I've been on every kind of flight you can think of. I've been at every uh, airport that you can imagine. To this day, I've been in turbulent weather. I've been in crazy situations. I've been, I've been on planes where the plane started going down. I've been on planes where the plane started shaking. I've been on planes where everybody grabbed to the seat, clenched real tight. I've been on planes where grown men screamed out, God, help us. This is it. I have flown in storms. I have flown in crazy weather. I have flown at times where I almost started writing a letter to my kids to say, y'all, I don't know what's going to happen to me, but I just want you to know I'll be all right. God is with you. Can I tell you something? I'm not talking about your experience. I'm just going to talk about mine. To this day, out of all the crazy flights I've ever been on, I've yet to see a flight attendant panic I can't speak for you but in all my life I have been on a flight that dipped I've been on a flight that tipped I've been on a flight that shook and I mean a plane can be shaken and a flight attendant's like everything's gonna be okay just don't even worry about it come on just put in your seatbelt come on just stand right up and what God is saying to you he says when you pray and don't panic the kind of peace that I'm gonna give you he said when the world is going crazy and life is going up and everything's taking a dip and everything is shaking God said you're gonna be right there like come on y'all it's gonna be alright everything's gonna be okay God says how many people in the room can use some more peace. He said, if you get lost in me and let me do this thing, I'll give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. People get confused. How'd you lose a child and still go to that church lifting your hands? Somebody got a peace that your sins understanding. How is it you still smiling when I saw the abuse you went through? I saw all the things you went through. I got a peace that surpasses understanding. How in the world can you still lift your hands? How in the world can you still pray? Is there anybody in the room? All you got to do is wink at me. Just go like this. If sometimes you surprise yourself, just say, Pastor, I don't know how I'm standing sometimes. All I know is that when I get in the presence of God, I don't lose my mind no more. I just know that when I get into the presence of God, things change. 
Number one, pray, don't panic. Number two, prepare, don't compare. Prepare, don't compare. When God has shown you a vision, when God has given you a dream, and it hasn't happened yet, here's what you're supposed to be doing right now. Preparing. Preparing. God showed you a business, but you're working a nine to five. You're supposed to be preparing. God told you you're going to be married. DMs dry like flour and a cake. Prepare. You, 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 you feel like God showed you a house, but you live in a shack. Prepare. That's what you're supposed to be doing right now. Because as you prepare, you are getting yourself ready for what God showed you. Can I tell y'all the truth? Can I, can I have an honest moment? BWI, can, can we have an honest moment with each other? I'm going to get transparent for a second. I said, can we have an honest moment? Don't leave me out here by myself. <laughs> if I'm going to get transparent, I need a yes. I need a wink. I need a yeah, go ahead. Because <laughs> if I get transparent, it'd be like, we didn't tell him to do it, Pastor. He just, he just decided he was going to get transparent. Didn't nobody say yes. Yes? yes? Yes, thank you. Okay. I had no idea this time last year that I was going to be the lead pastor of Union Charlotte. Zero. That wasn't nowhere in any book I wrote, any plan. I had no plan whatsoever. I didn't know it was going to be Charlotte. I didn't know it was going to be Union. My plan was just to come here, learn from Pastor Stephen, and... and uh, I was not planning you in Charlotte last year. You know what I was doing this time last year? I'm going to tell you what I was doing this time. I'm getting transparent. I'm getting open. Oh, God, y'all pray for me. This time last year, I was trying to master these three-minute transitions <laughs> that campus pastors have to do after the second song. It was confusing me. It was, it was, it was throwing me off. I... I ought to get up here and I, I said, hey, my name is Pastor Brian. Oh, no, see, I messed up already. My name is Brian. Campus Pastor here, you in church, and we're just so glad. Come on, can we make some noise for all the first-time guests in the room? No, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. That's not it. I would be at home. This is for real. I wish my wife was here. She told me. I'd be at home in my basement on Saturday nights with a little hairbrush. Hey, my name is Brian. I'm campus pastor here at our BW allocation. Come on, can we make some noise? No, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. That's not it. Right, come on, come on, come on, come on. Hey, hey, my name is Brian. I'm campus pastor here at BW allocation. Can we just make some noise? Follow our first time guests in the room. We love you so much. I mean, I'm, I'm practicing. Prepare, don't compare. I got friends all over the nation calling me like, yo, B, guess what? Guess where I'm preaching at? So-and-so church. I'm like, oh, man, I'm preaching over at Dr. So-and-so's church for real. Man, what you doing? Um, I'm trying to get these three-minute transitions down. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to figure out, should I say VIP, first-time guest, first-timer, first-time business? I just can't get the term right. Campus pastors, I got your back. I got your back. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna have some grace for us. You know what I was doing? Preparing. 
preparing. You know what I'm doing now? I'm looking for somebody else to come on to Charlotte and just say, hey, my name is Ken Pastor here and y'all in Charlotte and I want to welcome first time visitors. Why? Because God will prepare you. If you just prepare, the thing he showed you will show up and when it shows up, it's going to be bigger than what you thought. It's going to be bigger than anything you imagined. And now I'm sitting here and I'm going through so much in my life that God is blessing me over and over and over. Why? Because when I didn't see the details, I was just prepared. What if there's something waiting on you, but you're missing it because you won't prepare? Wow. All right, last one. Musicians can come up now. Y'all, you see, when it's your time now, you don't want to come up. Now, the other day, <laughs> you was all up on me. Now I need you, and you ain't. <laughs> Sean's my guy. He's going he gonna to hurt me later, but it's all good. He's going to be like, say my name one more time, Pastor. <laughs> my last point is this. Number one, pray, don't panic. Number two, prepare, don't compare. Number three, be childlike, not childish. Luke 18, 17, Jesus says, truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. Can I tell you what God wants for you right now? God wants for you to be childlike. You know what childlike means? God wants you to wake up in the morning and say, yes, God, let's go. Whew, I don't know what's going to happen today, but I know it's going to be good. God, I know today was a tough day, but I got a feeling something great. Give me that. Oh, wow, God, look at what you're doing in my life. Oh, you want me to serve? I got you, God. Host the group training today. I'll be there. God, let's go. God's like, be childlike. Say, wow. Say, this is amazing. Say, this is an adventure that I can't wait to go on. Say, whoa, this is amazing. You know what it means to be childish? Childish is, are we there yet? Are we there yet? But are we there yet, though? This is boring. Why is it taking so long? Oh, God. Here we go again. I'm still here. Jesus, this is crazy. You're a child. You are whining and complaining. And missing out on the adventure that's happening in your life. My kids, they get in the car with me. I got to tell them, put them tablets down. Look out the window. They say, Daddy, look out the window for what? I said, trees, houses, stuff. Just look. And they look at the window like, I don't know what I'm looking at. And I say, I'm taking them tablets. And guess what? When I take them tablets out their hand, all of a sudden, they ain't got nothing else to look at. And they stay out that window. They're like, wait a minute. There's some cool stuff, Dad. Oh, look at that car. i never seen a car like that. Oh, i never seen. And God's like, do I got to take the tablets out your hand? So you can look up and see what I'm doing in your life. Do I got to take these phones? Do I, do I got to take these relationships? What do I got to take out your hand? And you're saying, God, why you keep taking stuff? He said, I keep taking stuff because you won't look out the window and see I'm blessing you. And you can't even see that I got my hand on your life. You can't even see that you're getting closer to the thing that I gave you. Look up and see what I'm doing in your life. Today is an invitation to get lost. God. I'll get lost. 
I surrender all. I surrender all. Come on, every campus. If you know it, come on, say all. Sing it again. Sing it to yourself. Come on, you're singing this. You and God. Just you and God. Come on, say. give up some stuff today and if you're in this moment I need every head bow every eye closed and I want you to say this with me say Holy Spirit speak to me Holy Spirit I'm listening if you're sitting here you're watching online at BWI UBC and the Lord is inviting you to a space of freedom freedom from trying to live this life by yourself for yourself freedom to let go and let God Freedom to let God take the wheel of your life. The greatest surrender you can do today is by making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. And if that's something you want to do right now, and even as I've been talking, he's been moving in your heart, I want everyone to say this prayer with me. Say, Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die for me. I turn to you right now. Come into my heart. Save me. I believe Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe he's alive. And I believe that my life belongs to him. Come into my heart. Save me now. In Jesus' name, let everybody say. Come on, let everybody say. Come on, at every campus, can you do me a favor? Can you put your hands together real big? Because somebody on your road, somebody in your area, just made the best decision they could ever make. They decided today I'm going to let go of control over my life and I'm going to give my heart, my life, my family, my money, my plans over to him. Can you clap for every person?